Welcome to another episode of the Property Nomads podcast. Today, we are joined by Stephanie Taylor. Stephanie is in business with her sister. I will go into that in a little bit. Focus on rent to rents in South Wales. And also, Stephanie has a fantastic group, Property Game Changers, in which a lot of training and education is done in how to operate a rent to rent HMO portfolio successfully. Stephanie, Thank you very much for your time today. It's lovely to be here, Rob. Thanks for inviting me. Start off with working with your sister, because uh, for a lot of people, that, that might not be everyone's cup of tea. So how did that opportunity come about in the first place? Yeah, that is, uh, it, uh, it surprised me. My mum was worried, to be honest with you. Um, but just um, a step back, I'll just explain. I run HMO Heaven, which is an HMO management business, guaranteed rent, so rent to rent in South Wales. And we also have our own portfolio of properties, including commercial and also HMOs. And we do have a training business for rent to rent, but the property game changers is just celebrating people like you, Rob, who are changing the game in property. So that's that's nothing to do with training. It's just interesting stories from people like you who are successful in property. And uh, it, it's it's a great insight for people in property to just find out how, how other people have, have done it. And uh, going on to working with Nikki, uh, basically what happened was a few years ago when I decided to go uh, into property myself and start off in rent to rent, uh, I mentioned it to my sister and I was lucky because she was uh, taking a break between jobs. She just decided to give up her job, uh, quite a high flying job, and then go away for three months, I think, uh, to the Caribbean, sending pictures every day. It was very upsetting that she did that. And um, I just caught her when she came back. And so she said that she, normally she's quite cautious about things, but she said, yeah, I've been thinking about what to do. Uh, so let's try this. And uh, she came in 50-50 with me. Ah, fantastic stuff. And that's, again, going to uh, a lot of people would be concerned about, number one, working with a business partner, but that's got pros and cons, especially uh, when family gets involved. So you must know each other, I imagine, quite well in order to make that work. Because, again, I can just imagine some people getting flustered working with their siblings, but you know, you've obviously made it a success. So how, how have you and Nikki been able to do that? Well, she used to really get on my nerves, Rob. I have to be honest with you, <laughs> because she's one of those annoying people who's um, almost always right, which is a very irritating quality in a sibling. And uh, she's also very detail oriented. And uh, she'd like to give you all the detail of how to uh, fry an egg, you know, or how to, what clothes you should wear when you go out or all of this sort of thing. She likes to go into a high level of detail with um, everything, which I used to find quite irritating. Now, of course, running the business, I absolutely love it because she's the one who goes through all the contracts, you know, goes through all the accounts, working with our bookkeeper and accountant and uh, keeps keeps all the I's dotted and T's crossed, which are things that I'm just not very good at. Perfect. So you have, basically in terms of a bit of business sense, you've got um, opposing qualities and you have, it's fair to say, divided your work sufficiently where you're not treading on each other's toes too much and you're both able to work to your strengths. 
Exactly. Exactly. It's great. I'm delighted that she's doing all that. I just would not want to get involved. And um, I, I'm just sort of more on the oversight uh, sort of thing and um, obviously more on the marketing front. And she's, um, you know, more the behind the scenes. That's good. I'm glad that, you know, you know very successful and you've made that a success, uh, which is really, really good. Just before we got on air, you were mentioning that you were actually previously based in Edinburgh, but the business is based in, in South Wales. So I suppose really the, the generic question would be what got you into property in the first place? Yeah, it's it's funny. Uh, so I was in Edinburgh for 50, 15 years, a beautiful, beautiful city, very cold where we would do, but a gorgeous place to live. And um, I just moved to Bristol. I'd started doing financial services contracting and uh, I'd moved to, to Bristol and I just thought I would be there for the foreseeable, basically. But I decided to get into property for a number of reasons, like many people, to get more freedom. When my mum got sick, it just made me have that realisation that there must be another way. And I started going to these events. Um, I don't know if you started doing that at the beginning when you first started in property, Rob, going to property events and just being absolutely gobsmacked by the things that people were doing. Yes, similar here you um you know you sit down at the back of the room or at the front and you get story after story after story with loads of examples and it kind of blows your mind if if you're not used to that environment and, and used to those level of successes yeah exactly so it was a bit like that and I thought oh and each week I was thinking oh maybe I could do that oh the next week it was maybe I could do another thing but eventually I I heard about rent to rent and I went from not believing that I could do anything in property or business to absolutely believing that we could definitely do it. And, you know, we could do our HMOs to our rent to rent HMOs to a higher standard than than what we had seen. So, um, so that was, that was the catalyst really. And um, then we just sort of took it on from there. Oh, that's awesome, Stephanie. And in in terms of Rent to rent, I'm aware that some people that are listening to this might be familiar with what they are and some people might not be. Did you go down the rent to rent route because it was a case of you wanted that cash flow quickly and, for example, doing buy to lets weren't going to get you there as quick as you know doing a rent to rent HMO, for example? Yeah, and it just seemed a much more dip your toe in and have a go because I didn't really feel super confident. It sounds like I did feel super confident, but um, I, I felt that we could manage a property well. And I thought it'd be a great way to start. Um, it actually grew into much, much more than I ever thought it would be. Uh, so we, I was working in Bristol. So I was traveling across to Newport in Wales to do the viewings and I'd, I'd sort of read up and I thought, well, it's going to take a while before we get our first property. So let's start asking now. And, but uh, one of the first viewings that we had, we actually was with a letting agent and it didn't go very well. And then I was in town and in Newport, a lot of the letting agents are all in the same little row of, of shops. And uh, I, I thought, should I go into this letting agent? 
and I was ifing and butting, standing outside, dithering, shifting my weight from one foot to the other, thinking, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then I thought, you know what, get over yourself, get in there. So I went in and I asked this letting agent, um, did, did they have any HMOs? And I was super nervous. And she said, oh, do you mean subletting? So I said, yes, but legally. And she was in the middle of telling me, no, no. She didn't think it would work because they were a franchise and the the contracts isn't going to work out with them. And um, so I said, well, would you consider introducing us to any of your tenant find only landlords? And she actually started shoogling me towards these big screens and showed me two HMOs that they had uh, with a landlord. And it was a tenant find only. And uh, and that was the, the rest was history uh, that we went along with the agent and we met the actual owner on, on the viewing. And my sister and I were going around with our clipboards, bright eyed and bushy tailed. And um, the landlord decided to take a chance on these two crazy girls. And the rest is history, as you say. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's it was it was a bit of a roller coaster from there because, uh, like anything new, we were absolutely delighted and then uh, absolutely terrified. And they both needed a full refurb, uh, well, redecoration. I say when I mean refurb, it was it was more of a facelift than a, re- a full refurb. Um, but the the landlord had explained to us that he was due to have the places decorated and that somebody had agreed to do it for 800 pounds for the two not each for the two and I was amazed at that so we got the deck and I thought gosh this Newport is much cheaper than I thought anyway the decorator came out and you can imagine you can picture the scene where I'm saying oh yes and we want white you know I think it was white glass. It might have been eggshell on all the woodwork, which which was just brown stained at the time. And we'll, you know, such and such a colour will be on the bay and then so and so colour will be here. And, uh, you know, all the ceilings, brilliant white, etc. And by the time I'd gone through all of this with him, he just looked as though all the colour had drained from his face. And he said, no, no, love. He said, I just do, you know, just slapping a bit of white on uh, wall ceilings, floors, everywhere else. So um, we then had to go and find contractors. And you know what that can be like when you're new in an area and you need contractors at short notice. So that was our first lesson in... Um, uh, yeah, this, I'm sure that would resonate with a lot of people that are, that are listening, that finding contractors, uh, good reliable contractors as well, especially at short notice, can be, how should we put it, a pain in the proverbial. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was an expensive <laughs> lesson, put it like that. It wasn't 800 for the two properties. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. From there, um, I'm just mm-hmm. trying to think of piecing this together for someone that, is thinking of getting into rent to rent. So you'd honed in on rent to rent and then you honed in on South Wales, uh, mm-hmm. Newport, you mentioned. Now, was there mm-hmm. a particular reason for that? Had you What research had you done beforehand to know that Newport would be a good area to get this business model working? Why not Bristol? Great question, because Bristol's got a great market as well, very hot uh, market. But Newport had a lot of things that I just felt that worked for um, that, that I felt would work for me is up and coming. Um, it hasn't had a lot of capital appreciation, but in the last 15 years, but it, 
we it's hope we're hopeful that it's going to start going up in value and it does seem to be that the shoots are there the bridge came down between wales or since we've been here and it was talked about before we we came here that the the toll bridge between bristol and wales came down and i just thought this was a good area the other reason why it was good is because i was going to be giving up my full-time job and newport was going to be um inexpensive to live and my savings were going to go further here and I just thought we were going to have more opportunity sooner in Newport than in Bristol for for what we wanted to do and that's why we came here so a lot of it was uh, a bit of it was brain but a lot of it was gut instinct I just felt that this was the right place to start. Completely understand that it was similar when going up and down the country ended up in Hull and yeah having had a good walk around spoke to a few agents where we just kind of got the idea that you know actually Hull is the place where we wanted to do most of our our buy to lets and so we can completely understand when you look at comparing the you know the cost of transport to and from you're looking at the cost of general living so yeah I completely understand where you're coming from and I suppose from there as well, you started with the first couple, you've moved over, as you said, and you know done quite a bit of homework by the sound of it. Newport's got incredible fundamentals. And from there, you've just gone from strength to strength. Yeah. So what happened was um, quite quickly, we brought on more properties. Um, we brought, we systemized in that we had a VA quite early on and doing, doing all the onboarding that can be done on the computer. So I was just doing the stuff that needed to be done at the houses. So as soon as somebody said they wanted to move in, we had a reservation form. They could just click um, reserve the room and then that would automatically send them the tenant information form and then when they complete the tenant information form it will automatically email their two referees their landlord reference and their excuse me their other reference and we've got all those on automated forms um, which we've had quite a bit of interest in recently um, but so we, we had that automation in place and that meant we were able to take on more properties and we got better and better at doing the refurbs. We found a good team and uh, we took on staff to manage it. We've got Luke now who's doing the day-to-day on that. Um, but we the exciting part was when we started buying properties ourselves as well and building up our own portfolio here. So you've utilised the cash flow from the rent to rents to get the cash flow and business up and running, systemized. And then from the profits, I, I'm going to guess you set up a, a business to run alongside that, but that is your effectively your your buy and hold business. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So we've got um there's a couple of businesses for different properties. So um we, the the, first, the very first property we bought, um, so some of it was some cash flow, but some of it, I had sold a flat in Edinburgh as well um, and had, had a little bit of equity in that. So um, we the first one we bought, we were buying in cash and not very much money, £150,000. And we thought we, we, it was quite a good price and we bought it in cash so we could buy it quickly. And I'm sure you'll love when you hear me say this. We thought, well, we can do that and then refinance it quickly. 
And remembering it's a commercial property and we don't own any other commercial property. <laughs> so the refinancing was not quick. Uh, but we did we did get there eventually and it turned out to be a great property. So that was another perk to being in Newport that here there's not permitted development for commercial. Um, and so there are fewer people who want to buy it so you can buy it more cheaply. And there are, yeah, um, this particular one, we had the idea of uh, converting it into an eight-bed HMO. Um, but what our architect we thought about flats, but we weren't sure how many we could get. But our architect surprised us. We thought we might be able to get three flats. We're saying we could actually get four flats, one of them being a duplex where parts of the flats on one floor and parts on another. And we're just, we, we have commercial tenants when we started off. So it's always been washing its face, this property. But they've extended up until, um, I think it's next year, could be a little bit longer. And we meanwhile got planning to turn it into four flats, which we were successful in. And we just found out for we've had a quantity surveyor to say how much will that works cost, which it's £102,000, they say. And um, so it looks like a really good buy. So we'll be at 250 k and we'll have four units and there'll be gross rental for the year just under £27,000 a year. So it's, I just think it's, it's such a great location. I, I really love it here. Well, it sounds like a, a, a good deal as well. And I think that's the massive advantage of being on patch. If you're on patch and you know what's going on in a heartbeat, you know what's going on, you know, not just in the property market, but some, you know, macroeconomically, then mm. I think when you put those two together, you it gives you a quite a significant advantage over, you know, maybe out of town investors. Do you, do you think that's fair? Yeah. Do you live in your, do you live in your patch then, Rob? Yeah, I, I live in Hull at the moment and, yeah. you know, will more than likely be there uh, until I go to Mexico in, in 2022. So, you know, it's, I like it out there. It's, it's, it's different from Reading, where I'm from. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, we moved up there for the the reason that I moved up there was at the time when Aaron and I were buying, what we were finding was that we would have all your right move alerts set up. So, you know, be ringing agents on Monday and going, right, okay, can I view on Thursday? Um, you know, by the time we got around to Wednesday, you know, you'd be having calls from the agents going, oh, yeah, it's like that property sold. Yeah. So, which is frustrating. Yeah. But then, of course, you add it to your database and it seemed the areas that we pinpointed, uh, even when we were following up with the agents, all the properties were actually being sold. You know, obviously sometimes mm. they can fall through. So, mm. yeah, at, at the time, I, oh, I won't repeat the, the exact words that I said, but um, <laughs> I just thought, you know, sod that. Um, I've, you know, I've got the ability to, to move up there. So, you know, why not? Travelling's in my nature and hold from Reading's, I don't know, four hours up the road and not a big deal to me and you know in hindsight a great decision 
Yeah, it's it's a huge it's a huge advantage, I think, being being in the area. But I know lots of people do invest remotely and they do it very successfully. I suppose it all depends what you want out of the business. For somebody who wants to have little time in the business, um, then it suits them to in, invest remotely. Uh, I actually love what we do here. Uh, we have people running the day-to-day of the lettings business, but in terms of the acquiring we are still very much, you know, we, we do it ourselves. We acquire it, then our team's going to manage it. And so, and definitely we're, we're involved and we, we love being involved. You raise a great point and that's crucial to anyone that's, you know, listening. Oh, sorry, to anyone that's listening. I sound like we don't get any listeners. To, to the masses of people <laughs> that are listening, you, you raise really? a great point because you, you always have to start with the end in mind. So, what do you envisage your involvement being? And, and as, as you've quite rightly pointed out, some people will actively love doing what you do, being really involved. Um, mm. Some people will be different. I, I know that mm-hmm. you know, Aaron and myself have been we're sort of deliberating at the moment because of because of the way we want to sort of set ourselves up and you know live our lives. We've, we've almost gone on a what I call a very lazy approach. Is we've got great teams where we can obtain buy-to-lets or whatever through predominantly sourcing agents. And we know how to analyze the deals. We know what agents to put them with. Um, You know, we found from, again, our experience in terms of managing contractors and so forth that, you know, a lettings agent or the lettings agents that we know are better at that than us. So we leave Mm. that with them uh, if refurbs are needed. Uh, And then we just deal with the broker and the solicitor. So, you know, when I think about that in comparison to what other people do in property, a part of me does think, well, actually, that's quite lazy. But at the same time, it's given me exactly what I'm after, which is a hell of a lot of time to work on other projects, other bits and pieces. And, and Aaron and I know that we'll be doing, you know, I don't know three, four, five buy to lets a year. We'll, we'll be doing that for the next 10, 15, 20 years. And, you know, over time, we'll, we'll generate a portfolio, an even bigger portfolio. Um, but that works for us and that might not work for other people. So, you know, I think that's a great point you raise about knowing knowing what your skills are and knowing what you want from, from your own business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, and you can't do, you can't be managing properties from Mexico. So, <laughs> um, and and I know you're, you're planning to get off there in the next couple of years. So... Uh, that, that 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 absolutely works for you. I think we we like having the in house um, lettings. You know, we like having our own team managing our properties, and we are looking to acquire more properties. Um, we like the multi unit blocks. We were talking about that recently, weren't we? That um, what what we accidentally fell into is. It's buying multi-unit blocks and the one that I'm thinking of, it's got 12 units and each unit then is a price at £32,000. So we bought it as one unit, it's all on one title. But when you divide the uh, purchase price by 12, it's £32,000 a unit and between £450 and £600 for each rental unit. Um, so it's a, re- it's a property that really works well and... Um, when as soon as we bought it, it increased in value. Um, or the excuse me, the lender who are normally very conservative with their valuations valued it at one hundred and twenty-five thousand pounds more than what we paid for it, and that was before we did any refurbishment. 
say, which was um, quite surprising, but pleasantly surprised, which is not usual for a valuer. <laughs> That's so true, especially with uh, the economics as they are at, at the moment. And the great thing about buying blocks, uh, as you say, we're talking about this on um, property game changes, is that if you listen to various people out there when they're talking about buy-to-lets, that, you know, the two ways to scale that are by buying multi-unit blocks, as you have done, or by doing commercial conversions and having the end result being X amount of, of flats. Apart from that, there's no real other way to properly scale a buy-to-let business. But that's what I understand. Do you think that's a fair assumption? I think it's a great way for um, for people who maybe are smaller investors, um, well, like we are, uh, who rather than buy 12 properties, you can have 12 units all in one property. So we're looking to do certainly more of that. So I do agree with you. Yeah. And, and I think here as well, what I mentioned earlier, um, commercial, there's not permitted development. So there's more opportunity in commercial because of the current coronavirus. Um, there's going to be even more opportunity than there was in commercial. We are actually seeing a commercial unit. We're on the lookout for the next big thing. And um, because of this new strategy that we're adopting, we don't need to buy 12 properties now. We can just buy one, um, which which obviously I really love the idea of. And as it turns out, you know, I mentioned the, the first property that we bought recently within Newport is, um, is that commercial that we're turning into for flats. <laughs> And we've also got another property that was already four flats that we're refurbishing. So it seems like we like four, these four flat properties. But um, I think the next one we want to buy is um, 12, 12 plus I would like to um, look at. In terms of the end game for yourself and Nikki, everyone's different. Everyone's got their own way of doing things. At what point? Do you say, hey, I've had a great time in property, enough's enough? Or do you think that you're going to just be doing this for a very long time? I mean, what does what does your business, what does your future look like through your eyes? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, we are, we're still growing. Uh, so I would love to see us double our, our owned portfolio um, in the first instance and then assess it from there. Um, what, so, and then once we've got those assets on board, we want to have, um, you know, grow our management team. So we've got our own, um, people who are managing our properties as well as, um, the properties that we manage for, for other people. And I also, as you know, I'm not involved as day to day with the lettings business, but I am. I do have. I do do the rent to rent success where we're training people, because what I love about it is that I thought that I couldn't get started in property or business, or that it wasn't for people like me who didn't grow up with that background or have those connections. And now that I've opened the door and realized, wow, there's this crazy, amazing world of property in here. And you can just step in without very much money, without very much experience and really make something of it. And then, um, you know, cash flow and then move into investment. That excites me. So I want to continue to, to do that. And I really love the coaching and training. 
Um, and and I'm writing a book. I've got a book coming out that's called uh, Rent to Rent Success. And uh, that should be, I've said it out in public now on the podcast. Uh, that should be by the end of 2020 published. And um, during lockdown, Rob, I've also launched a podcast, which is also called, it's called the Rent to Rent Success podcast, if anybody's interested in learning more about the Rent to Rent strategy. Well, congratulations on on that, and uh, you know, it's no mean feat to write a book. Trust me, it's it's uh, can be quite challenging, but also very rewarding, good fun as well. And podcasting, yeah, you know, they're so popular nowadays, and I'm sure people get a lot of value out of that. Well, uh, as usual, links will be in the show notes, so people can go and check it out. In terms of the podcast and the books, again, everyone's got their own what reasons for doing them what was the reason for for doing them is it to add to your asset base was it to add way you know even more value uh, to people uh, what, what was the strategy and idea behind the book and the podcast yeah um i I didn't start in all this malarkey, Rob, but I know that you started when you were young. And I started at the age of 45 when I, I first started all of this. And um, I realized I was a teenage mom and on benefits, counting the pennies in, in Asda to make sure that I had enough to, to go through the till without having to put anything back. That was my, I used to try and avoid that every time I went in. It was kind of a bit stressful going shopping, but it was and my life was so different. And what I realize now looking back is I could have changed things for myself so much earlier if I had believed in myself more, if I had known um, what was possible for me. And so a part of my purpose or, you know, when you come into property and you hear all these things about mindset and all of that and you... I, but I, and I wasn't sure what my purpose was, but it's just sort of found me since I started coaching that um, I feel that my purpose is to inspire people to know that there's more inside them. We all have more than than we think. And so it's to inspire other people to believe bigger, to be bolder and to be game changers and yeah, so that's where the the book and the podcast and the sharing of the information, but in an ethical in an ethical way, Rob. That's that's important to me because sometimes with rent to rent, because there's that low barrier to entry, uh, people go into it with the approach of almost it feels like I want to rip somebody off. I want to make some money for doing nothing or for doing. I want to outsource this, put no money in and make a lot of money out. Whereas the way we uh, teach it, it is to deliver exceptional value and then, you know, receive uh, a, a nice profit. So there's something in it for the landlord, there's something in it for the tenant and there's something in it for you. So basically it's about inspiration. It's about inspiration. And that resonates an awful lot with myself now and I think that's one of the joys of having you on the podcast Stephanie I just want to say thank you for your time uh, as well because we're we're singing from the same hymn sheet having you know it's about creating those women's situations it's about having you know an ethical business and you know hey we all do make mistakes but uh, property if you treat it right and treat people right of course then you know everyone will go far and you know with the right mindset and the right network you know and well, I would say the sky's the limit, but that's not true. You can achieve anything that you want to achieve. As, you know, if you do it ethically, that's even better. The more we win, the better. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's great to be able to share. And that that's the other reason why I've started. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the result of lockdown, why I've started the Property Game Changers series, because I know that there are so many people out there doing all sorts of different strategies at all sorts of different stages who are really really changing the game and um and like like you are and i know that you're published several times over um and yeah it's great to be able to showcase and meet with people people like you rob well and likewise stephanie it's also you know great to announce that you've agreed to be part of uh, the latest venture book venture which is going to be 101 more top property tips uh, we had such great feedback from the original one, 101 Top Property Tips, that we've decided to do another one and you've kindly agreed to supply a couple of tips for that. So, again, it would be great to have you on board with that and I think that will be, you know, superb. So, it's great to be able to come together and be able to, you know, work in some capacity. As you say, everyone's inspiring in their own way and, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's just pleasing to hear more than anything else. Anyone can do it. Anyone in property can do it as long as you get the right training, the right education, the right you know knowledge, and you know why you're doing it. You know, there's yeah. there's really nothing stopping any of us. Yeah, and I'm I'm not going away for as long as you, Rob. But I am off to Buenos Aires for uh, November, the all of November. Pray for me that uh, the flights are still going to be on at that point. <laughs> Have you ever <laughs> been to Argentina before? I haven't. <laughs> Well, uh, ooh, yeah, it's uh, uh, Buenos Aires is a fantastic place, absolutely yeah. fantastic. Is it just Buenos Aires? Uh, I don't, completely, I completely know we're going off tangent here, but you know it's a travel podcast as well, so we, yeah, we can talk a little bit about travel. Is it just Buenos yeah. Aires that you're going to? Yeah, well, I might go on trips while I'm there, but uh, at the moment I haven't done much planning. Uh, so, what should I be definitely doing while I'm there, Rob? Oh, well, I, I would recommend. Do you like wine? Yes. Okay. So this is what this is what I'd recommend. I would recommend trying to get a flight out to a place called Mendoza, uh, which mm. is in the west of the country. It's near the Andes. Uh, that's home of the oh, the Argentinian Malbec grape. Uh, Malbec is quite synonymous with Argentina. And I'd reckon fly out there for a few days and book in a couple of uh, bodega tours and you can go around and sample as much as you need to, as much as you want and learn an awful lot um, about wine and the quality of it is is superb. So I'd recommend flying out there for a few days. Um, you could also go and visit um, the Iguazu Falls, which I think might be in the north um, of Argentina, but Buenos Aires itself is an extraordinary city. It's it's very much like I would say it's very much like Paris in terms of it's got massive boulevards, very grandeur buildings. Um, I mean, there's a lot to see and do there. You can learn to tango if you want. Now do that for a few weeks. Uh, the food's great. The people are good. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. there's a lot to see and do in Argentina. Um, but I'd certainly head out to Mendoza for a few days. We had a great time there a few years ago. It's you know oh. utterly superb. It sounds incredible. And uh, I think because I'm going to spend quite a few of the next few weeks, you know, bent over a, a keyboard, um, writing this book, it's it's all there and it's it, it just needs to come out um, that uh, it'll feel like such a treat to be uh, away for a month in such a great place. 
Yeah, absolutely. One, 100%. I totally, totally agree on that. Well, have, have a great time in Buenos Aires and Argentina. I'll, um, I'll send you an email, a couple of extra tips and hints I can think of as well uh, for being out there. But uh, Stephanie, just before we wrap up, um, for those that are thinking about getting into rent to rent, and you spoke a bit about HMO Heaven. So let's go a little bit more in depth about HMO Heaven and the purpose of having that set up. Um, I know you've touched upon briefly, but let's just go over it again. And then how do people contact you? How do people find you? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that, Rob. So HMO Heaven is a property management business. We offer guaranteed rent for HMOs in Newport. And uh, so that's that business. And then Rent to Rent Success, if you're thinking about getting started in Rent to Rent and you just want to have a look into it a little bit more and see whether it's for you, we've got a free guide and masterclass and it's on our website, renttorentsuccess.com. That's rent number two, rentsuccess.com. And if you just want to get in touch with me, um, you can message me on, on LinkedIn, Stephanie Taylor on Facebook, Stephanie Taylor. And if you want to catch up with people's amazing property stories like Rob's, we've also got Property Game Changers on Facebook as well. Perfect stuff. And as always, for people listening to the Property Numbers podcast, all those links will be in the show notes as well. Um, well Stephanie, it's, it's been fascinating speaking to you and getting to know a bit more about where you were before property and where you are now and sort of the mission that you're on to add as much value as possible. So I think, uh, if anything, people should at least come away from this episode feeling inspired and you know, knowing that there's a lot of uh, a lot of people out there providing a, a lot of great content to help get well to help uh, get people kickstarted in property. Great, thanks, Rob. Take care. Enjoy Argentina. Thank you. Bye.